Welcome to the One Thought Away Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Pound, a mindset coach and manifestation expert, here to help you live more mindfully and soulfully while learning to connect to the magic of the universe. Each episode will provide you with insights into self-mastery to get the most out of life. I am so grateful you are here and thank you for listening. Hello, my loves. Welcome to another episode. I hope you are doing well and I'm just sending you lots of love during this time. I know so much is going on in the world and the more that we remember to come back to our hearts and really fill ourselves up with love, the better the world will be. So we'll just take a second, close your eyes if you can, and just place your left hand over your heart. Really allow yourself to feel deeply connected. And just take a deep breath in. Feel yourself relax. You can keep your hand there for a second if that feels good to you. Remembering in moments where we feel disconnected or frustrated or not like ourselves by just coming back into our bodies and remembering where we are and who we are can always transform the moment. And today's mantra is release the fear. So just feeling into that. You know, so often fear stops us from living our lives fully. We get so caught up in our heads and then we create this emotion of fear and most of the time the fear is not real or it's inauthentic fear. And so by recognizing it and releasing it, we can transmute the energy and come back into our hearts and live a really beautiful life. And this is something that I talk a lot about with today's guest is how to be in the present moment so that we can overcome our fears and really move towards our deepest dreams and desires because we all want to live beautiful lives we all want to live a life beyond our wildest dreams but we so often get stopped and so I really hope you enjoy today's episode you know today's guest is my dear friend Brendan and Brendan and I used to work together at a Pilates studio back in the day and when I first met him, you know, he just had such a vibrant energy. When you're around him, you can just feel 
his energy or his vibe as you know some of you prefer that language it resonates a little bit more and every time we would have a conversation I was always really inspired he thinks in a really unique way and so I wanted his perspective specifically on mindset so that really was the inspiration for today's episode and I know that I got so much from our conversation and so I hope you guys also take a lot away from it as well. So with that, I will get to the episode and hope you enjoy. Okay, my loves. So today I have a very special guest. I have Brendan Sorichetti. Did I say that properly? Yeah. Okay, great. Perfect. Um, Brendan has been a friend of mine for years, which is funny why I didn't even know how to say his last name, but he is a man with a masterful mindset. I have learned so much from him over the years, and I can't wait for him to share more about himself. Welcome, Brendan. Thank you, Michelle. That's a very, very thoughtful and very gracious Welcome. So I appreciate you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you're up to in the world? Sure. So um, as Michelle mentioned, my name is Brendan. I am the curriculum manager for Berries Canada, which is a boutique fitness studio. And I've been with Berries for two years. I've known Michelle for around three or four at this point now. Mm-hmm. And we both met each other through um, being fitness instructors at Allegree Studio. Uh, and then our kind of friendship blossomed from there. And we've always kept in touch. So it's, uh, it's, been, it's been fun to bring this conversation full circle. Yeah. You know, it's so funny, like when we think about, you know, how things can change so much. This world, this year alone has been crazy. You know, everything Sorry. with COVID, things that are happening, it's massive, massive change. And it's been kind of fun, I think, for both of us and me definitely watching you on your journey to see how much our lives have changed over the years. And, you know, when we did meet back a few years ago, you were actually working to do your master's. And fitness was always kind of a passion of yours, but then you just decided to really make that your main focus. Talk to me about that decision, because I know so often um, people feel a lot of pressure to live their life in maybe what's considered a conventional way Mm -hmm. where, you know, we were raised, have a nine to five, a certain corporate job, and that's kind of the track that you were going Um, And then you really switch to follow your heart and follow your passion and have found massive success. So talk to me a little bit about how you made that decision for yourself. Yeah, that's it's I'm lucky to get to do what I do. I think for me, um, fitness was always a passion of mine from when I was younger because it was able to kind of let me take control of my own life, my own health. And because of that, when I went into school, it was always focused around health. And in the switch from doing my master's to fitness was that I knew fitness was something I was always passionate about and something I cared the most about, but I never really saw the potential for how I could build a career in it because the only people I saw that had careers in fitness were like celebrity trainers and and that type of 
thing. And it, that never really was something that I thought that I would have the potential to work towards. So being a trainer in multiple studios and doing school that once I started to get the realization that, okay, I can put in all this work and it doesn't feel like work because I love the process so much. And I'm able to reap the rewards of not only doing something that I love, but being kind of rewarded for it financially, that it started to become something that I almost felt guilty about pursuing, that school was something that made sense and I'd worked towards and it was felt good to tell people that I was doing it, but it didn't feel nowhere near as good to do as teaching fitness and kind of doing that. So once I could kind of rationalize it to myself financially, that I could then really take the more emotional decision and go, okay, no, this is what I'm truly passionate about. And this is what I feel like I love to do and am meant to do. But it did take a lot of convincing because I it took a lot of work to get where I was in school. So I didn't want to turn my back on it, but also didn't want to just live some life that I thought that I should be living. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing about that. You know, I think so many people have this inner struggle and this old belief system that they can't make money doing what they love. You know, yeah. like when I was growing up, my parents had this idea. It's like, okay, be a doctor or a lawyer. And I always was wanted to be with people. I could always help them solve problems. And so I remember telling my mom, you know, I want to be a, like a therapist or something. And she's like, you don't want to do that, which I'm kind of glad I'm not. Being a coach is much <laughs> more empowering. I definitely like that. But I feel as though so many people grew up in families similar to ours where they are constantly, you know, battling themselves over what they truly feel lights them up and being in a job that they're just doing maybe for a paycheck because that's what they think that they should do. And so talk to me a little bit more about that switch for you because I, uh, you know, you had mentioned before that you had only seen celebrity trainers like really starting to have a career in that field. Did social media and any of the influencers kind of help give you that confidence or that idea that, hey, like maybe this is something that I could do and I could build for myself as well? Yeah, I, I think being more exposed to the kind of niche groups of fitness instructors that from what I knew about fitness, I only knew like the top, top people. I think the only real celebrity fitness trainers that I knew were like Bob and Jillian from the biggest loser. So then getting into, <laughs> getting into fitness and realizing, Oh, there's just like in any corporate structure, there's tiers of success and there's tiers of people and you kind of can build your way up the ladder. Um, but I know the big thing for me was I was in school for public health. And I think getting ingratiated into the process of, okay, you go into this field and you have to grind and grind and grind to make little changes happen over time. And, and then I was seeing the direct benefits of being a trainer and being able to impact someone's day every day in a positive way. Not saying that epidemiologists don't do that, but for me, it was like, okay, should I feel guilty about this making me feel good? or should I just kind of go with it? And the thing about social media that always kind of made me nervous was I was never really good at promoting myself. I mean, I can promote my schedule and post my schedule, but 
when it comes down to the job that I do, I, I've always kind of shied away from that. Um, and it's not I don't know, modesty or whatever you want to call it, but it's for me, it was always like, I want to spend time on my routine. I want to practice it. I want to, it's all about what happens in the room. So there was a lot of growth that needed to happen to realize like, okay, this is a part of it. And I just have to find how to do it my way. Um, because I've, I've never really been good at posting and being consistent. I'd rather put the work in, but I know it's a valuable part of the business side of the thing as well. Yeah. And sometimes it can be a little scary to put yourself out there all the time, right? Because yeah. we naturally as human beings tend to have a negative mindset and we tend to be in fear. I mean, we needed to for survival for thousands and thousands of years. So it's kind of that negative mind that comes over us, but there's definitely such power in community. And it's been really cool how people are wanting to always connect with you and share. I know that one thing that was so interesting, you know, when we were working together is you have such a powerful energy. And I know we've talked about this before that like people want to make you proud. It's so cool <laughs> to watch. They're like, oh my God, I got to show up. And I think because, you know, it comes across so much that you care and we'll get into this in a second about like how you prop and how you do your routines and your, your ability to focus. But it's really like everything in life is energy and you bring such energy. And, you know, you talk about people getting these instant results and also like you being able to feel off that. And mm -hmm. I, I remember like being in your classes and wanting, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go harder. Like I gotta make this happen. <laughs> and so it's a really cool feeling because you could just fill the room. Like your classes would be waitlisted as soon as they would be done for the week in advance. Like, and that says a lot about your craft, what you bring. And it's super powerful when you know how to tap into energy and to connect with people. And so Talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how do you build these authentic connections and how do you really just create such infectious energy? Well, that's very sweet. Uh, thank you. Uh, I felt the same way in your class too. So it's not any shade toward your process. Um, I think the thing for me, what got me started into fitness was when I was younger and going to the gym that I knew I was not the strongest guy. I wasn't the fittest guy. Um, and I worked out at like a kind of public gym and there's all these bigger, stronger, older dudes. So what I always did was try to educate myself. And then when they would ask me for information and I would give it to them, I would kind of like feel a sense of camaraderie. So for me, there, it immediately connected this track of like, okay, if I can give something to someone that's genuine and like we create this kind of relationship that like it makes me feel incredible. And that's how I want to feel working out because when they would come and be like, oh, good job or whatever. And I was younger that I looked up to them because of their proficiency at something. And when they kind of gave me a pat on the back, I was like, oh, this like motivates me so much. So from that <clears throat> to playing sports to then instructing, I'm always so excited with what people can make themselves do especially when they don't want to like exercising is tough working out is hard everyone knows that so when it comes down to teaching it's it's the only true time where i feel like i'm very very present 
And I get excited to see people do things that I know is tough for me to do. And so sometimes if you look at someone, you think, oh, I wonder if this is going to give them difficulty. This is going to be tough. And seeing them do it, it's it's the euphoria to be like, okay, we're going to do this move. I know it's going to be tough. And then people are kind of like, you're right. It is tough. I'm going to do it. And you know that they deserve that pat on the back, that round of applause. Like it's because it's, it's hard. Everyone deserves to be celebrated. So for me, it was just like golden retriever energy of like, I'm just so excited to be here. And I've got no reason not to be because I'm telling all these people to do something that realistically they probably like don't want to do, but they do. So overcoming it is like almost like they're signing a contract. Like, hey, you told me to do this. I know it's tough. I'm going to do it. Let's do it together. It's, it's, I, I don't know how you can't get excited about it. So I, I'm I just, it's, it's the best thing in the world. I love that explanation, you know, and just thinking of the generosity of motivation that you provide and this idea of celebrating people, because those are such high frequencies, right? And even, you know, it's really easy for people to want to make a change when they get fed up and they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. But the most challenging tends to be when people are in this area of like, oh, I'm already pretty good, but to get to great, to push yourself. And so to have somebody who's like their cheerleader, who's like, come on, you can do this. Um, because, you know, everything that we do with our body it's what we tell ourselves in the mind. Yeah. And so often, you know, our bodies are a reflection of exactly what's going on internally. And so to have that motivation, that celebration being accessible to you by someone else, it's really, really powerful because you get to start to think, oh, maybe I, I can do this. And maybe not, yeah. you know, that translates from fitness because our bodies, like when we do something physical, it gives us such a rush and we feel proud. We're like, yes, this is so cool. Yeah. Um, and then maybe that can translate to other areas of their life. You know, like maybe I have the courage to ask this person on a date or maybe I have the courage to start my own business or to ask for a promotion. And it's like that pump up in endorphins and being celebrated and being seen by somebody um, just creates space for people, which I think is really, really powerful. And I know that you've been able to build quite a strong community around that. So yay, thank you for doing that. <laughs> thank <laughs> um, you. I want to talk to you now a bit about your mindset because you do have this incredible ability to focus. Like you go in the zone <laughs> and you not just like when you're teaching, but you know, like when you are focused on your goals. So can you walk me through a little bit? So, you know, I love manifestation and I'm always about manifestation games, but tell me what goes through your mind. Like when you set your sights on a, a goal, something you really want to achieve and what you do to get there. Mm -hmm. I think for me, where I guess it started from or my thought process through things are that it's not so much the fear of failure, but it's, I guess, I don't know. And I always, it always feels weird to say it out loud, but it's a realization that, okay, why can't I be the best at this? And it's not, it's not to put anyone else down and it's not, it's not a competition. It's more so with myself. I was like, okay, I'm, why would I ever put a ceiling on my own abilities? 
So whenever I do something, if it's whether it's a new job or even just exercising, whatever it is, you kind of think, okay, I have no idea what my limits are. So my goal is to be the absolute best. And when it comes to writing routines or with fitness in general, it was always like, okay, could you fill the room up? Can you have a wait list? All those type of things were the metrics. And those are the things that I needed to at least have for myself to show, okay, there's people that are responding to what I'm doing. And then the step from there though was, okay, can I not only create a response in clients, but can I create a response in my fellow instructors? Not that I need the acknowledgement, oh, you're the best, but it's like, I want to learn from you and I want you to be able to learn from me. And I want you to see that I'm putting in this work because it's, it's something that I'm so driven about. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's tough to describe sometimes the feeling of wanting to be the best without needing to surpass other people. And that was, that's anytime I say it, I always think like it's, I know it probably sounds like, like, Oh, I want to be better than that person, but I don't have any marker or goal. It's just, I want to make sure it's authentic what I'm bringing. And if it is the best, then that's, that's the end goal. That is really powerful that asking yourself, you know, why can't I be the best? Because Tony Robbins always says that the quality of your life depends on the quality of the questions that you ask. And, you know, so many people use why, but in a very negative cognitation, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, like, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this working? So to use it in this way is so powerful. I'm definitely going to steal that from you. And (laughs) I think, you know, what is so important in life, especially, you know, we're always manifesting either consciously or unconsciously. And your self-talk is really what creates your entire world. So, you know, if you're having a self-talk and you're asking yourself, you know, like, why can't I be the best? What would it take? How can I do this? And again, it's the inner game. It has nothing to do with anyone else because, again, it's just you and yourself. Like you are living your world through your eyes, through your mindset, through your body. So I think that's a really powerful takeaway for people to really question, you know, how can I be the best? And again, it has nothing to do with being arrogant. It has everything to do with what kind of life do you want to live, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who Who would you say inspires you? Um, I know it's, it's recent, but, um, when I was growing up, there was a pitcher for the Blue Jays named Roy Halladay and, um, Michael Jordan was another big one. And the reason being was because I love the intensity that they both brought to their respective kind of fields. And that was something that I know was not necessarily like frowned upon but like when you're intense about something it can come across as arrogance or it can come across as like tunnel vision but I always love hearing stories of when like you're fully focused and there's you can't hear anything you're just it's it's just there's one goal there's one thing you're working toward and that you might not be friends with everyone but you definitely don't lose any respect and you definitely don't burn any bridges from it. It's just, you're on such a driven pathway. And so for me, like those are people that always brought to me 
I'm like my dad, where he was like a very like intense person. And then my mom, who's much more like an empathetic person. So I think I had that mix of like, you don't need to be friends with everyone, but then like the backtrack of like, but it doesn't hurt to be nice. So it was that thing of in my head, I wanted to be that guy that was like, I'm just going for this and like, get out of my way. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, no, because that's, that's not really me. Like I could try to convince myself that was me for the longest time, like when I was a teenager. But now I realize that it's, it's okay to be empathetic. It's okay to show emotion to others. Kindness is the coolest currency, <laughs> right? Because I think that's a really good point. Um, it's one thing to be focused, but, and we are essentially creating our own universe, but I mean, there are other human beings in this video game of life and yeah. people will always remember how you make them feel. And so by really extending kindness or that olive branch to others, um, it's so important. It just makes your life feel so much better. You feel good as a person when you make other people feel good. Smiling adds that dopamine, that serotonin, <laughs> gets some endorphin hits through that as well. Um, so when it does come to your focus and you know you did say you kind of zero in do you only focus maybe on one major goal at a time or do you have multiple things happening like do you have something in the immediate something that's like a five five year plan 10 year plan life plan i'm just like curious <laughs> of how your mind is operating my mind typically operates and it has for I th probably think since my first year university when I had to, when, and that's when I really started out thinking, okay, I have to have a four or five year plan because my degree is done in four years and what am I going to do? But what shifted that focus near the end of university and then kind of going into professional life and then a little more schooling and now to where I am now is that not necessarily that in five years things will take care of themselves, but to not be concerned with where I'm at in five years, more so taking every single opportunity that's put in front of me in the short term to its fullest capacity. And that will put me in the best possible position to where I might want to be in five years. So I always kind of gave myself a kind of lofty goal in my head. And it was that thing of like, okay, for instance, with berries, what's the upper echelon of what I would want to reach to from when I started as a trainer to then, okay, I want to be the top trainer, I want to have these many classes. And then what's from there? Well, I want to become management. And from there, what do I want to do? And I took that instead of it being like, okay, I want to have that by December. It was like, I've got a class tomorrow morning at 6am. That means whatever I have on Monday is dedicated toward creating the best possible experience where my success and my proficiency is undisputable. That like, it's not me just knocking on the door. It's okay, I'm coming in now. Like I, I earned that success. I want that. So it was, there were sights in the distance, but it was more so kind of like an obstacle course that it was like, okay, there's where I want to get to, but I got to do the tire rings and I got to do the monkey bars and I got to crawl through the sand. And I knew that I had to get through those parts before I could be like, okay, I'm here now. Mm, that sounds like a lot of trust. <laughs> <laughs> in the universe you know what i mean like yeah they say that we make we make plans and the universe laughs and i think that's a really good way to look at things is i 
love this lesson from The Course in Miracles, which is all of our thoughts are from the past. And so if we're trying to create something completely new, completely in the future, then there's a very good chance that we actually don't know what that would look like. We can dream, we can visualize, we can create, um, but because we've never seen it, you know, there could be something even better waiting. So just really being in the moment, taking it in, going on the obstacle course, as you like to call it. I like to look at it as a video game, but just still like these analogies, right, are super important. And so when you are not doing all of the things, inspiring all the people in their fitness game, you know, what really, what really fills you up? Um, I, I am a very big consumer of just well I know it's not the best thing but it's just kind of I'm always I'm always kind of doing something and that doesn't mean in the bad in a good way of like oh I'm always building this and I'm reading this book and I'm, but it's just there's always something that kind of pulls me and it could be one night I'll open up garage band and be like oh I'm gonna spend three hours making a song and spend three hours meticulously making it and I don't know why but it's like as soon as something just clicks, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just do that for the next three or four hours until I get the result that I want. And the same thing when it comes to cooking, like that's anything where I can kind of find some sense of just like, okay, I'm doing this one thing and I'm kind of enjoying the process of it and I'm not getting frustrated by it. That's my favorite things to do is that's why I love cooking. That's why I love playing music is because you're going to make mistakes along the way. And the good news is, is that they're like immediate mistakes you can correct. Like if you play the wrong chord, you kind of go, okay, are you playing the drums? You miss a thing. Same thing with cooking. You kind of burn one edge. It's like, okay, I'll just learn. So I, it's, it's fun to make mistakes, but for me, it's definitely cooking, playing music. Um, and then I'm a big like movies and TV, just the way my memory works is just, I love watching TV and movies and especially animated ones where I need to pick out who the voices are. I love having that connection in my brain. Be like, I know that voice. Where's that from? And I, I love just playing that game with myself. So, I love that. So all the fun, <laughs> creative things. And that's such an interesting way to look at cooking or creating in GarageMan of getting that instant feedback. Yeah. And I mean, you, you get that in fitness too, but I think that's so important and a cool way to look at it on the bridge to success, whatever success looks like for each person, because so often people will not get started because they are yeah. afraid of failing. And the thing is success and failure, you know, they go hand in hand. And I always look at failure. I like to say, it's just, it's just that feedback that you can have instantly. So that's yeah. a very cool perspective. I like that little nugget. Do you make original music? Is this something <laughs> that you're into? I used to, um, I used to like record because um, I grew up playing drums and piano. Um, but I like record, but nothing that I'd ever put out. But I like record a song, like a lick or something on a guitar that I like would write and then put drums to it, and it'd just be fun for me to kind of see, like, okay. This isn't good, but it's fun to just create that, to just, I, it's, I love that having that concept of like what I have in my head of wanting to hear and can I translate it? Same thing with drawing, which is why I used to love, I don't do it anymore, 
but like, okay, this is what I want this to look like. Can I make this happen through the actual like physical? Um, and it's the same thing with cooking. I know what I want the final plate to look like, but then you look and it's just a big soupy mess and you're like, okay, not what I envisioned, but that's okay. Let's do it next time. And hopefully uh, I'll have no guests next time and they don't need to pretend they like it. So <laughs> that's awesome. Do you use creative visualization as like a tool for manifesting? I try to, I think the way I write my routines, and this might be more of a less educated way of me seeing manifestation, but the way I write my routines is always through seeing a full room of people doing it. And that's not, again, to be the thing of like, oh, I can't teach to a small room, but there's people on the treadmill, people on the floor, and thinking, okay, this is what, when I cue this move, I'll likely be in this part of the room or be over here, and the treadmill will be doing this. So I always kind of write my routines visualizing people doing it not just necessarily me doing it but seeing them do it and then me doing the routine is me able to then verbalize how i feel and kind of be like okay this is where they're going to be at this point and kind of tying everything in together so i never try to make it a, a vacuum process i always try to think about like what's this what's this going to be translated into i know they're words and i know it's a process but I, this is going to be translated into someone's experience so can I try to make that the best possible experience that I can? And that's so cool. You're, it's like a sympathy, symphony or like a composer <laughs> yeah. for the body. I've yeah. never thought of it that way. You know, even when I would like create classes, that's never how I would do it. I would do it more so of like, okay, science, muscle group, how are they going to feel it the most? Yeah. And I'm like, mm, this, but so that's such a that's such a cool way to do things. I absolutely yeah. love that. And of course, like very visual as well. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about manifestation. I want to know what is your favorite thing that you've manifested since you seem to have this very focused mind, you're crushing the goals, you're making things <laughs> happen. So what is your favorite? Um like currently or kind of like in like the history of my maybe just, it could be both it could be all time and currently yeah. whatever you want to share um i think i know the thing that always kind of brings me back around was when i started university um and i was playing baseball that i was always like relatively proficient at it but it was around the same time when like i started getting healthy and started getting fit that i started getting better so the kind of all that same trajectory so when i started university I was close to like being very, very dominant. And then because of the way the team was set up that I didn't get a lot of playing time and it was a kind of very, a lot of volatile situations like veteran looking down on rookies and we weren't a good team. So there was a guy on the team in first year who I looked up to, he was a pitcher and he was very kind of kept to himself. He didn't really punish rookies. He wasn't like mean to us, but he was just so dominant and there's just a level of comfortability you felt when he was pitching that it's like, oh, this, like, I trust this guy. This guy's got it. And I remember being like super upset after our first year, just because like I never really got to play, it took all this time away from my first year experience. And my dad said to me, he's like, you'll, if you want to be like him, like you have the potential to do that. So don't lose focus on that. And so every year it was just kind of like he left, it was his final year, but I knew in my mind, I'm like, I want to be that guy. 
Like I want to be that guy for the team. So in my final year, I went from we went from us losing almost every game to us winning almost every game and me winning a few different awards for my performances and just having the rookies on the team like say it to me like once we had our like kind of like veteran farewell party that they like respected me and they always trusted me and it was just this thing of I know I wasn't if I had to pursue going to the major leagues or whatever and it's tough to sometimes explain because it's just a university team but I was like I know how important it was for me to do that and I took it was a four-year kind of push to get there and there was a lot of failures and a lot of like public failures to get there but that feeling of once it was done um I played one more year for a semi-pro league but once that was done like I was like okay I now have this weird instilled confidence that no matter how long a process is if you want something that bad when you get it, it is like, it's the best feelings. Like I earned this, I knew what I wanted and I earned it because of the work. So that's something that I always look back on with fondness because it was, I know how down I felt and how kind of disparaged I felt, but then having someone believe in me and then being able to give potentially someone the same experience in their first year when I was in my final year, it's, it's, that's something that I always kind of look back to if I'm struggling when it comes to focus or or energy. Mm, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I think that it really comes back to that idea of, you know, trust the process because so often we're so focused on the instant, the instant and not the long game or the journey. And what so many people forget is, you know, when it comes to manifestation, everything starts in your mind with your intention and then putting your energy and then you've got to show up and commit to it. And, to know that you're able to create that result through your intention and through your perseverance, it's so powerful and such a good reminder that sometimes the best things take time. Um, what is your favorite quote? My favorite quote uh, is, it's kind of something to do with fear. And again, I know related back to sports, but um, when Michael Jordan was asked, if he was afraid of getting the ball for the final shot and making it or missing it. And he said, there's no reason for me to be afraid of a shot that I haven't taken. And so for me, that was always something that I tried to put into place when it comes to instructing that I can't be afraid of how this routine goes, how this class goes, how this meeting goes, how this performance review goes, because it will just take me out of it instead of just experiencing it fully and then having to be thinking about it secondhand the entire time. So the need for fear about something happening or not happening is just going to take you away from being present in the act. And so that's something that I always try and hone in on that if I'm doing something up until that point when it's lights are on, cameras on, whatever, it's be present there and let the chips fall, but don't let yourself get wrapped up in being afraid before it's actually taken place. Mm, those are some pretty profound words, Michael Gordon. <laughs> Always a great one, you know. Um, I love that. What are you, you reading right now? I'm reading right now. It's a book um, by Malcolm Gladwell. It's called Talking to Strangers. Um, and it's a book about people's inability to ascertain the information that they want 
from people just because of their lack of perception. And it's kind of telling a bunch of stories about different agents in the CIA who were Cuban operatives and people never really found them out until later. And you had all these guys who were so well-trained in their job. And why didn't they pick up on things? Because they weren't really being in tune to the moment. But looking back on it, they go, oh, yeah, that was a red flag. Um, so it's interesting to kind of look and see how people converse with one another. The book's about how kind of people converse with one another and how people are able to kind of hide their intentions and how sometimes people overlook obvious signs because of their predisposed biases. So it's an interesting book because it's it's kind of like telling a story, but it goes through historical kind of points in time. So I'm I'm really enjoying I'm really enjoying that book. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I'm going to check that out. What are you you most grateful for? Uh, I am most grateful for my parents because they have both given me something to look up to as well as something to aspire to. And they are very healthy. They're very happy. And they've been a semblance for me of like a relationship that I've always tried to develop. So yeah, they are, they're definitely people that I'm, I'm lucky to have in my life, but even more lucky to have them as my actual parents. Mm, that's so wonderful. And do you have any last words? Any uh, motivation? <laughs> motivation? <laughs> um, I mean, motivation, I think it's just that there's, always there should always be pride in the process and i think that the amount of times that you don't succeed or you fail or you fall off or you don't get the result that you want is just a learning experience and that even though it's on all of the different motivational posters and it's like all you you, all you see in success is the tip of the iceberg you don't see the rest of the iceberg but it's so true that Anyone who is someone that you admire is someone, whether it's in a position or whether it's something they can do or, or how they act to people, that it doesn't, just, it doesn't just come to them. There's always work involved, but there doesn't need to be a negative connotation to it. So if you fail, if you make mistakes, it's just part of the learning experience. So just take pride in the process, whatever that is. Mm, that is something that is so important to remember. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. How can the people find you? The people can find me on uh, Instagram at bsorichetti. Uh, I am, yeah, just pretty much on Instagram. And then I'm uh, at Barry's Canada if you live in Toronto or the GTA um, at the Yorkville and Richmond studio. But otherwise, yeah, shoot me DM, shoot me a message. It's always fun to respond and talk. So thanks, Michelle. Thank you so much. So appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes. Come soak up extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Michelle Pound or visiting my website at michellepound.com. Remember, you're just one thought away, and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode.